We cannot expect another generation to know how to function in family life and to know how to take their position as heads of families if they have never been exposed to parenting that I call mentoring. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, our chief want in life is for someone who will make us do what we can. I believe the title of that someone will be a mentor. Hi, and welcome to Concepts for Living. We're delighted to come to you with more concepts from God's Word. Concepts to be able to solve modern day problems. I believe that God's gonna to speak to you in this message. So stay tuned as I'll be speaking from the theme, the mandate to mentor. Open your Bibles, let's consider this morning Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit has challenged me to address the issue of having persons who are neophytes in positions of leadership and the danger and damage that can come to a whole generation because they have not been properly mentored. Therefore, the theme of my message today is simply the mandate to mentor. I want to give a very extensive quote at this time. An extensive quote. What's my theme? the mandate to mentor. The executive editor of the Hebrew Greek Bible by the name of Spirosotis, when he was commenting on Joshua chapter 24, verse 31, you may recall that particular passage will actually be stating something like this. All the days of Joshua 
Israel served the Lord. And all of the elders that outlived him served the Lord. Now, when this editor was actually pondering verse 31, listen to what he said. Moses had trained Joshua to be his successor. But Joshua and the elders of Israel failed to train their own successors and to thoroughly ground new leaders in the faith of Israel. As a result, the next generation succumbed to Canaanite idolatry. God's people are always just one generation away from apostasy. Therefore, young people must be trained to walk in the fear of the Lord today so that they become the proper godly leaders of tomorrow. End of quote. Rather long and yet profound. Rather long and most timely. You may have heard me a moment ago reference neomite, neophytes. A neophyte is a novice. Excited, turned on, can quote and read the scriptures and can tell you about the business and tell you about the position. But they were never mentored for it. And therefore, many, many a leader, a would-be great leader, fails because that person was never mentored for leadership. One cannot underestimate the importance of mentorship. Not only in the church, not only in Christendom, but in all spheres of society. Leadership is a serious responsibility. And we must be prepared for it. Apprenticeship will yield appreciation. The kind of leaders that are required today are people who actually have been prepared for that position. And just as the danger of having neophytes in positions of leadership and authority who have not been mentored, this particular situation can be on the same line of parenting. We cannot expect another generation to know how to function in family life and to know how to take their position as heads of families if they have never been exposed 
to parenting, parenting that I call mentoring. Because all parents should be mentors. The three points of this message, the mentioning, the mentor, and the mentoring, T-O-U-R-I-N-G. Stay tuned. You will be challenged and inspired by this word. We spoke the other night, and he said, now what, now what good thing God is, is God doing right now? What's happening right now? Always wants to know how you do it. That's why I don't care what anybody says. I make sure that I bless him. Because it started out where I needed him. But now he's at a point in life where he needs me. But I still refer to him as my mentor. No, no. He said, we started out as mentee, mentor. But now we are colleagues. You'll always be my mentor. Because I'll never, ever forget that I couldn't get to where I am had not you came down Angle Street when I was acting crazy. I'm fighting. And he shouted at me, he says, young man, are you going to spend the rest of your life in the street fighting? God has purpose and destiny for you. I never heard that in my life. All I heard is keep it up and you're going to be a jailbird. Keep it up and you're going to kill somebody. That's all I heard. You'll never be any good. Never. But for the first time in my life, I heard a man say, you got something good in you. Come and see me. I will talk to you. I went. That was the beginning. And in 2012, at the University uh, of, of Anderson, in Anderson, Indiana, I was chosen to be the speaker. And while I was, you know, there in trepidation, oh my God, all the professors and everybody's going to be around and people that I, I, I'm not worthy. You, you ever get that I'm not worthy feeling? Well, keep living. And I'm there, and, 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 I, and I minister, and the Lord blesses, and he anoints. I fasted so much. I, God just worked. Anyway, and guess what? When it was over, everybody was standing. It was a, then the whole place went dark. They told me not to wear a tie. Wear, wear some slacks and wear, wear something nice and sporty. So I preached in sporty day. On the, on the stage, which was black, there was a yellow Corvette. And I had on a sports outfit. Finished my message. I'm getting ready to go off the stage and stay. Technical people came out, took my mics off and everything, and, and, and just said, someone else runs out with a big chair, high chair, and they sit the chair in the middle, and they say, now, just sit here. You're going to get something. We got something for you. And then a big screen comes now. And on the screen was my mentor. 
He said, Vernon, I told you so. Mentors don't pop in and out of your life. They become a part of your life. And everywhere that I've been, and I didn't mean to give my own story this morning, but I feel like letter of the Holy Spirit, because some folks see how you, where you are, but they don't know how you got there. They, they, they see some glory, but they don't know your story. And you need to tell your story so they can appreciate the glory. That's why I'm talking like this today, because I know where I'm at, and I know that we're at a point in time when our country, when our young men and our young women need mentors. But not just anybody. People who are spiritually sound, intellectually sound, people who are morally sound. I can go on and on. The thing that blessed me is that Barnabas is mentioned. Make no mistake about it. Luke wanted us to know who did it. Because you and I see the Apostle Paul's in all of his doctrinal efficiency and in all that he is now giving us of tremendous leadership in the Christian church. But we don't know that it would have never happened had not Barnabas come beside Saul before he became Paul. And most of us, we want to celebrate and don't understand that there are some things that folk have to go through. We want the leadership position, but we don't want to go through anything to condition. Right. I said we want the position, but we don't want the condition. So then we have the mention. Then the mentoring. So now here's the mentoring. <laughs> The people were afraid of Paul, or Saul. They were afraid of him. They're scared. And what I see in Barnabas is that he did what all good mentors should do. When Paul sought to join the church, the body of believers, Barnabas, the Bible said, took him. Come on now. Took him. And not only did he take him, the Bible said he took him and he brought him. Oh, God, that blesses me. He took him and brought him and then recommended him. He took him. In other words, he seized the opportunity to shape his life. He saw the moment. He knew the calling. So he looked at this young man and he said, I'm going to take him <laughs> and I'm going to make him. The Bible says he took him and he brought him. A true mentor has to invest himself in a mentee. And when he does it, it's a taking charge of the opportunity and responsibility to shape that life. So he took him. And then not only took him, but he ought to take him somewhere, so he brought him. 
And as he brought him to the church, he then begins to advocate on his behalf. A good mentor stands up and speaks on the behalf of the mentee. He introduced him. There are some doors that will never open for you, Marsh, until a mentor opens them. There's some paths that you will never trod until some mentor said, come on, let's go. We don't like this kind of preaching because it, no, it don't mean you're going to run the aisle. But I believe that today the great need of the Christian church and of our communities is good leadership. Well, we sincerely trust that you've been blessed and inspired by this message on mentoring. And by the way, the young man, John Mark, in the passage, John Mark turned out to be the author of the second gospel in the New Testament, Saint Mark. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more concepts for living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.